I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> My favorite thing is just the elections are being stolen from 17 different directions for some reason. Yeah. Like you have to have ballot mules and you have to hack the machines and you have to hack the database. It seems like they should just pick. You got to have a system of redundancy in these. That's true. And you have to have fake electors, you know, attempt to steal it at the very end. You know, it's yeah, it's redundancy. Definitely. I have no idea what I don't actually I have nowhere to go with that. You have to cut that. (laughs) I was trying to fill air, but we don't have anytime you say you have to cut that. I am going to keep it in. Just delete. No, we don't have to. That's the thing is it's like we got that feedback. We've been getting feedback on the podcast. And part of it was that it just seems like sometimes we're just trying to fill air. But I feel like if we ever reach dead space, we can kind of like we don't have to just fill it. We can sort of regroup amongst ourselves and then that could be cut. Call a quick timeout. Regroup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Episode nine. Watch this drive. <laughs> I feel extremely fucked up right now. I'm on Ritalin uh-huh. and I'm still tr- kind of adjusting to what that does what's the feeling like what's what's is it just brain zaps Um, or what linear thinking is a lot easier but i feel less creative that's not good so like it's very easy for me to like go straight at something but it's it's less easy for me to like have unstructured thoughts and activities Hmm. that makes any sense yeah like just coming up with things like improvising spontaneity stuff like that is tougher yeah yeah and i also found that like when i was because i cranked out those those episode pages in two hours, which is faster than it would normally take me. But I don't feel like there's anything really interesting going on there. Usually I would like add some fun little animations or or things like that, which is good and bad because I, I mean, it's more consistent with an agile approach because the idea is that you release quickly and often mm-hmm. and it's fine if something's broken, you can fix it. But at the same time, there is that anxiety about putting something out that you haven't kind of mold over for days do you ever work like i work better that way where i would put out iterations and then sleep on it and then iterate again and then sleep on it and then iterate again i do that but i don't usually i release very few of those iterations okay see i like, like to release it i just to have you know that something makes up and and yeah especially with uh websites because give uh get the content out as quickly as possible give google a second to index and crunch and do all their magic that's probably a much better approach i i honestly think i haven't gone that direction because of like mostly hubris and anxiety Hmm. all right album on display guys spying on it you guys looking nothing i no idea it's so blurry i can't yeah we've only got 720p on this bad boy yeah it is 
It is really blurry. So I'm I'm thinking it's a, it looks like a heart maybe. There's like a, a heart in the upper right hand corner, like a white outline it, of a heart. Mm-hmm. It and then looks like, like a, a a rooster. I could see that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I could see that. I could see a rooster, that orange kind of streak in the, the middle. Yeah, and like it's kind of getting dark up at the top, so you kind of can't so see. Maybe it. it's like or maybe Alice, sunrise. Maybe it's it's like, like Alice in Chains or something. You know. Ooh, so, oh yeah. Come get the rooster. No. Yeah. Uh oh. Now now that it's blurrier, it actually looks like an open red door. Like yeah, it's actually getting worse. And blurry. Yeah, you guys are kind of blurry. To yeah, me. it looks so, really bad. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's a uh, Nick. I give up. You give up. Okay, you give up. All right. I give up. Carl, do you give up? It's Nick Cave in the bad seats. No, it's not. It is a Nick. It is a Nick. You care to guess again? Now knowing that it's a Nick. I heard you say Nick. I was I was trying to cheat. I heard you say Nick. (laughs) Nick at night. It's the George Lopez soundtrack. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That is fantastic. That is exactly what it is not. Um, it's Nick Drake, Pink Moon. Any? Oh, I've never. I've never. I've never listened to Drake at all. I never even heard Nick Drake's name. Really. Okay, so Pink Moon. This actually, this this yeah. uh, Pink Moon is the uh, um, album title, but it's also the title track, the um, the main kind of single off the uh, album, and it, it was used for a VW commercial in like the late '90s, early 2000s, which kind of gave him a oh, bit wow. of a resurgence. He's one of those tragic artists that you know, died fairly early, maybe maybe in his 30s or what have you. He's a folk artist, very famous for using alternate tunings and stuff you know just basically guitar and and voice but really good stuff very mellow would really really cool would you say that the resurgence was as good as kate bush's no nothing (laughs) nothing can compete with that resurgence no not even close that's insane yeah a a television spot i know know that's old news a television spot that lasted probably like three to four months in comparison to uh the season of stranger things that yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dominated everything. The uh, only uh, Nick Drake that I know is the one that played on Degrassi. <laughs> was that his name on on Degrassi? No, but Degrassi was a show on Nick. I know. Drake. Oh, and okay, Nick. Then Drake. What, what so was Drake's Nick character's Drake. name on Degrassi? Do you know? You don't have to answer that. That's not even important. Nobody cares. You know, Drew is uh, claims to be your pres- Jimmy! president or treasurer of the fan club, the Drake fan club. Uh, Jimmy Brooks. Well, I, I'm president of the 2010 to 2014 Drake fan club. And then you, you probably actually as far back as 2008. I don't you, know when so you far voted out came or out. did you resign or I resigned. Okay. I resigned. Yeah. It's a shame. Last good Drake album was probably views 2016. I don't More life wasn't bad. And it's his new show isn't bad. It's just <laughs> what? It's all bad. Everything it's just not, by Drake uh, is bad. I wouldn't say this that. is why Nothing's he's an asshole good. now. This is why he's an asshole now, because you people like you bullied him. Oh, he's yeah, he's a he's a multi millionaire oh, bullied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, his his thing that he does recently, which <laughs> is really cool, and the reason I had to resign from the fan club is he'll he has partnerships with those online casinos, and so he'll do Twitch streams of him gambling and do the classic bit where you only post the wins. <laughs> So he'll be playing roulette or whatever. If, if you go by his streams, he should have like a billion dollars, basically. Like if that is representative of his results overall, he should have he should be the richest man in the world. Awesome. It, which obviously sucks because the main like the main audience for those types of things are like teenagers. And then oh, they yeah. lose all yeah. of their money or their parents money. I'm convinced that Drake doesn't actually write anything. Like He, does, really, he has a ton just, of ghostwriters. 
No, I yeah, I don't even think that's it. I think really it's just all AI generated content, yeah. and he doesn't need, he doesn't even read it at first. He just goes into the studio and like because he's mumbling anyway, it doesn't matter. Like he, nobody understands what he's saying. I think he enunciates very well, but it would not. He hurt doesn't enunciate have... it. He's a mumble. He's a mumble rapper. He a mumble no, rapper. he's not. Garbage. He's not really. Yeah, he, he's he's not the mumble rapper, but he is like a pioneer. No, he's uh. Well, yeah, either totally way, it doesn't hurt to have a little help from some AI, unless you agree with the guy whose name I forgot, who's suing Microsoft and OpenAI. Okay, perfect segue. There up. you go. Boom. It's actually a team of lawyers that are suing. Yeah, but the lawyers is a programmer. Yeah, the main the main guy is a is a programmer. Yeah. The president of the yeah. lawsuit. All right, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. So GitHub and Microsoft is uh, being challenged for copyright infringement yeah. or license violation. <laughs> we, we had last episode, we talked about a guy named like Matthew Tech. Something. Yeah, something like Michigan Tech. Oh, by the and way, we really quickly, did- really quickly, last episode, that specific thing about like uh, microorganisms or whatever, eating plastic and then pooping out food. I think that is fantastic technology that's going to just absolutely be wonderful for the environment and for pollution eradication or what have you. Um, I just wanted to, for the record, I support that 100%. It's just funny to say plastic poop. Also, if you want to, you can (laughs) gaslight everyone in the world by going back and editing and re-uploading that audio if you wanted to. No, no, no. I just wanted to, plus I like like when podcasts... um, you know, throw back to a previous episode. It, I think it helps with yeah. continuity. Helps with like we're not just trying corrections to these, and like, apologies segment. We, yes, honestly, yes, yes. I have no apology though. The only thing, dedic- the only thing I apologize for is that I didn't come down affirmative on my um, my positive views on that technology. I think it's wonderful. I remember you guys saying that you would love to try the plastic food. Yeah, I did. I did, I, and I think both of us are in support. But and I made some off comments about how oh, it's more efficient for like smaller organisms. But the big thing to me is that the only unfortunate thing is the fact that DARPA is the one that's funding this. It's so ridiculous because the private sector is going to step in, which actually goes to this point that we're about to, this open AI thing that we're about to talk about. Regardless, the private sector is going to step in when this research is all done and everything's successful and somehow monetize this plastic poop. You can guarantee it. Even though DARPA, the taxpayers fully funded this 100%, but you know, whatever. Well, that's how how it works though. Yeah, 100%. But they pull themselves yeah, up by the works. public sector bootstraps. Um, yeah. So, th- so we talked about a Matthew who's doing something interesting last time. We've also been talking a lot about uh, Matthew Perry, Matthew Broderick, and uh, this guy's name is Matthew Butterick, <laughs> which is so close to Matthew Broderick. I I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> do you think it's pronounced Butterick, or do you think it's pronounced like Butterick? I think it's like pronounced that. Broderick. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Matthew Broderick. So he's uh-huh. this guy is a he's a programmer, he's a lawyer. He is suing Microsoft who owns GitHub. GitHub for those of you who don't know has a program called Copilot and I use it. I use GitHub Copilot. I give GitHub and Microsoft about $100 a year. GitHub built Copilot on top of OpenAI's GPT-3 code completion model, text completion and code completion model. What it does essentially is it integrates with your IDE And as you're writing code, it gives you suggestions, which is not new. There's a lot of things that give you like syntax highlighting and auto-completion. But the difference here is that it's trained on a pretty much the entire available data set of publicly uh, listed repositories online. So any open source projects. And 
the suggestions that it gives you are generally pretty good. It's not on par with like a human programmer, which is true of like a lot of AI solutions to kind of augment this kind of stuff. But I've been just using it. I've been very impressed with uh, how well it's been able to predict the types of things that I'm trying to do. It has sped up development of a lot of little things here and there. I think there's some dangers with the program overall, even beyond the stuff that we'll, we'll get into with the lawsuit itself. For example, a lot of the times it will give you code that's just not optimal at all or just has bugs in it for what you're trying to do. You were also saying that it was it was based like you were you were using it for React and it was based on an older version. So there's some issues there. Well, yeah. So like it'll suggest you stuff that's like depreciated uh, or it, you know, so it, it's because of the fact that these things are kind of... Um, they're, they're sort of black boxes. You don't have a ton of control. You can only sort of guide it into certain directions, which is true. I disagree. Of it's that, you know, as as Matthew uh, Butterick says, it, it is it is not a magical black box at all. Well, it so it's not a magical. So so that's the point that he's making in the lawsuit is essentially that the fact that it is the actual inner workings of it are yeah. largely automated and obfuscated to most people, the fact that it is so far removed, uh, the fact that these models, like the, any sort of deep learning model, uh, the inputs and outputs are obviously controlled and what it's doing under the hood is also controlled. So no, they know what it's doing. It's not magical. It's not some magical, mystical outside force. And so he's making a point, which I agree with, which is that the people that are maintaining these types of things are still accountable for the outputs, essentially, uh, and, and how it's trained and, and all of that kind of stuff. And the, the main thing that he's upset about and that many people that agree with him are upset about is essentially that it is a way for, in this case, Microsoft and GitHub, but eventually any other company that gets in the same gets into the same business to profit off of open source software because it's a paid program that you use without actually crediting uh, the people who wrote the code that is trained on directly. Uh, yeah, or without any attribution. Yep any attribution yep, none. Mm -hmm. two uh, um, levels removed from so you have the open source community with the original attribution you have open ai which is technically a non-profit institution you know it's like two levels of abstraction to directly prior to the, the the potential monetization so yeah yeah well i mean that's how healthcare works too right <laughs> sorry <laughs> Drew, like i didn't mean, mean it up. consulting and stuff oh it's no, you're no I'm, I'm curious like where you're coming down on it though because so far you've been stating kind of both sides equally i'm curious like your specific opinion i think that whatever i say is gonna end up becoming false in some way and true in another i way. feel the like, exact same way I, I don't like that's it's really it's really tricky because i mean i think it, it, uh, an easier to kind of talk about example is like with ai art with like the dolly or the the stable diffusion stuff because there's stuff and it's trained on other people's art, right? Music so, too, music, which, you know, obviously another form of art, but yeah. Yeah. And so there's a, a couple, there's like so many different components to this. One is the stuff it's trained on and people not being credited for that uh, un unwilling or unwitting or uh, non-consensual kind of like contribution towards these types of things. Um, you know, when people make something public domain or open source, were they really intending on it being used in this way? The music thing is even worse because- yeah. You can guarantee they're not just training these algorithms on "quote unquote" open source or Creative Commons or or unlicensed music. They're training this like yeah. people. 
Um, I, I just stumbled on a TikTok where somebody claims that they had the bot listen to a thousand hours of 90s indie rock, and this is what it came up with. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the thousand hours of '90s indie rock? I'd really like to know because I can guarantee you. Yeah, it's I'm like sure a lot of built to spill or a lot of shutter to think and like you know Fugazi Wilco. and Wilco. Yeah, like what? A lot of yeah. record labels, I'm sure, would also like to know. The yeah, I would, I would really. Yeah. I'm sure they are very curious whether Neutral Milk Hotel is being listened to or not. <laughs> so it's it's the same kind of vibe. Yeah. And he in an interview, Butterick brought this up. He compares it to Napster, right? Which was mm-hmm. at the time uh, in the early 2000s. For those of you who don't know, Napster was like sort of what changed the music industry, moved it towards streaming. It was super. Yeah, illegal. we actually lived that. I don't even think you were born yet. I'm let him not, let him set I'm, it up. I wouldn't let be set saying this up, if we didn't have an audience. Uh, <laughs> but the the uh, yeah yeah, this is exactly how I talk normally. Uh, the yeah, Carl, if you didn't know, uh, a, a programming <clears throat> is when somebody puts inputs into a keyboard to uh, make it produce a dessert. There's album. a band called so, so Metallica, Metallica that uh, actually sued them. Um, their drummer was very involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, what's that guy's name? What's the Napster guy's name? Uh, Sean something. Sean Parker. Yeah. I always love introducing new characters. But the so there the, we know the more the, guy, more tech people than just Elon Musk. That's right. Does Sean Parker still own? <laughs> A piece of meta, whatever. So Napster, does, yeah. uh, Napster was this thing that was like very revolutionary. Everybody really liked using it because it basically let you get your music for free. It was kind of in this uncharted, unregulated territory of music online. And so there was kind of some gray area that they were able to sort of exploit for a little bit. Ultimately, though, obviously it was shut down. They were sort of oblivion. I think they ended up declaring bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the first iteration of that streaming, that whole concept. And now we have, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, all these different things that have kind of evolved out of that. They've kind of become more streamlined. There's way more regulation. It's kind of like a solved space now, although you still can't do it profitably because most of the music is owned by like three people. It's profitable for record labels. I mean, I could I could yeah. get into that. I could get into that whole model too, but I don't know if we have time or or inclination to uh, cover that I territory. I mean, we can. Obviously, we totally could. <laughs> well, the record labels own stock in, say, let's use Spotify for an example. Record labels like yep. Columbia and Sony and all the big ones. Not only did they um, license the music, but they also bought majority stocks in Spotify. Therefore, they can lower the actual price that's going to artists, but take it out on the stock. Therefore, underpaying mm. artists, which are actually the creators of the music, and paying themselves. So it's basically another way for record labels to screw artists. The record yeah, labels are the landlords of the music industry. The, oh, 100%. Yes. I mean, they're, yeah. they're the bank. They're the, they're the financial institutions. They are loan sharks, really, of the music industry. Yeah. Um, I, think, so, I think it was terrible. Fugazi, or I think it was Imakai that said it the best. He's like... A record label is the souvenir shop that exists on the side of the Grand Canyon. Music is the Grand Canyon. The record label is the souvenir shop. Yeah, but it's shop. like you couldn't go to the Grand Canyon unless you got like a day pass from the souvenir shop. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you need the day pass and you, you got to get the t-shirt. You got to get like, you know, you gotta get the, t-shirt. the Grand Canyon isn't making any money. It's not like it's just a hole in the ground. It's not making shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't see the glacier that carved that making any dough. No, it's yeah, totally world, screwed. Royalties for glaciers. <laughs> the glacier that carved that, that's black people that actually created the music. Oh. That's right. Wow. The un the unseen, uncredited Exactly. Uh, black artists that actually generated rock and roll. Yeah. And like, going back going back to the co pilot thing though, I or did you say hold on? <laughs> no, I'm Sally I was said, trying to on. I was I was trying to get there. But Drew Drew is doing okay. a perfect setup. He was doing a great job. Let's let's give him that. Yeah. I mean, you can cut it down, but no, like, I like so, it all. I like so, this band. So in the too. same way, in the same way that that Napster 
Napster was sort of the pioneer in mm-hmm. that space. It was an unregulated industry. Nobody really knew what what it was. Nobody really knew how to handle it. The court yeah, how to, how to react to it, it yeah. first. And yeah. but it did. Oh, with that the, we knew how to react to it. We just downloaded and installed the music. It was fantastic. Yeah, you knew how to react it was to a good it. time. But yeah, that's the same. That's the same thing with this, right? Like I'm I'm a developer who in in the same thing with like artists or people who or marketers or whoever wants to use the these the outputs of these models. Right now, there's not a real streamlined way to interact with these things. There's not a streamlined regulatory body or system in place to kind of understand these things through. It's the Wild West and people are going to use these tools as long as they're available to them. The interesting thing about this lawsuit is that it's sort of starting to do potentially to this sort of AI industry, this this content generation, code generation industry, what the record labels and Metallica did with Napster. And so it'll be really interesting to see where it comes down. But Randy, you asked me where I yeah. come down. Yeah, that's what, on yeah. yeah, I think you set it up perfectly, by the way. This is perfect. Fantastic. Setting up both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're at. And I, I want to go last. You want to go last? That's my thoughts. Okay. Because well, okay. I've been talking the whole Can time. Can I go? I read all the articles and I had some notes. First off, I, I think I'm just reiterating some of the things that you just said, which is another case of the big business uh, creating capital from the back of, you know, open source or, or, or common, you know, the common good or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, copyrights suck. Everything's a remix. This whole like idea that Drake or, or Tribe Called Quest or whoever can't sample so-and-so who actually just ripped it off from some black artists, you know, in past or whatever, it's, it's just a joke. So I have a lot of distrust for people who make copyright arguments, you know, as yeah. far as generating something new from something existing and then calling that a copyright violation. I think that's bullshit. Trying to have oftentimes. any like, like really, really tight control over the idea of yeah. intellectual creative Cause, property. Cause to assume like you as a computer programmer put something in the open source space and you put your attribution on it, and then someone like this, like the OpenAI, someone's generating some code, and they want to borrow a method, like, I don't know, a number randomizer, or something so simple and so ubiquitous but with just code and just creating some application in general, and now you're going to be... cr- claim that because it exists in their code, because, it's, because technically it's your way of writing it. That you or they probably actually found on Stack Overflow. Yeah, anyway. yeah, in, in the end, if they're generating something to the exact, like everything that you wrote, every, the, the entire application that you contributed to within the open source community, then yeah, you have a problem. But this isn't that case. The chance of someone generating a wholly duplicative piece of software using these methods Using OpenAI, using what's the what's the name of the thing? GitHub Copilot. Copilot, yeah, using Copilot. The chances of that are probably slim to none. Like the percentage is so low. But at the same time, come on, does it have to be Microsoft? <laughs> like, yeah, like this giant <laughs> well, multi-billion-dollar business, like the biggest software company in on the planet Earth. Does it have to be them? <laughs> like, yes, it does. Come on, they had to buy it before Apple did. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, and then, and, then, and then a couple more things. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you can react to, to that. Oh, point. I was just going to say that this, just to your Microsoft point, this is a company that's known for uh, sort of monopolizing the entire development experience and then doing things that completely fuck over those developers. Their end game here is to dramatically reduce headcount for any development operation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are not in this for wholesome um, uh, nope. uh, no, uh, not at all. Uh, efficiency or, or, or building up 
developers and this whatever. is not an altruistic yeah, yeah that, there's uh, a perfect term there, this is not an egalitarian you know <laughs> pursuit um but here's here's a, I, I pulled a couple quotes and i think this one's from the uh travis M manfredi who, there was an interview in one of the articles and we'll, we'll link to the articles if if we can figure that out it, well if drew can figure that out here's the quote ultimately it could be the end of open source licenses altogether because if companies are not going to respect your licenses what's the point of even putting it in your code? And this is my, my note. Notice that he said end of open source licenses and mm -hmm. not end of open source code. Yeah. So yep. like he's making that distinction. You're not going to put your attribution. You're not going to actually credit yourself because that's, it's not worthwhile because you're not actually going to get that credit or what have you later on. But mm -hmm. no one's going yeah, to stop. It, you know, no one's going to stop creating code. Yeah. Yeah, but to be fair though, like who cares about attribution? And I like and not not in like a I don't know, like it's it's this thing like like yeah, you're supposed to use a license, you're supposed to say you're supposed to make sure that it has this thing, but nobody's looking at that and nobody's going well, back and sending you a dollar for coffee. You know, it's you're not getting royalties for the well, code that you no, wrote. Wait, 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 wait. Actually later in the article in that interview, that same interview, they do mm. talk about a programmer, a specific person that contributes a lot, actually getting work in attributing some of his leads to the fact that he is a contributor to open source. He's like, the majority of my leads come in because someone is using a piece of code that I wrote and have my name on. And then they call me to say, Hey, can you consult? Or, Hey, can you help me with the security? Or, Hey, can you help me you know, with this? So it, it does make a difference. So I'm but totally that, contradictory to everything I just said, but it does yeah, make yeah, a but difference. Is that, is, that athlete, is that because of attribution and the licensing, or is that because they saw his name on a Git poll? They saw his name on a piece of code that they're going to use. Yeah, the but end like result your here is username still the same. Is, yeah, it's still the same. It, it's not, though. It is, It's though. not, because it is. One, one, one is that you're looking at an actual license and seeing who wrote it, and maybe they call this guy but the other thing is like if you're looking at open source code you know you probably just see who's putting it you know making but either way requests. either way it is to put it in marx's terms this could be seen as an example of just further separation of workers from the results of yeah. their labor like in this case literally like the whole quote about yeah. the end of open source licenses read as the end of crediting developer or the end of paying developers for their work or the end of crediting developers for their work. Yeah. But on no, the same, on, the, on that same token, this can give an opportunities to say a 14 year old kid. That's just like just now getting into coding and discovers this whole co-pilot thing and starts utilizing it to introduce him. It's either a stack overflow search or it's a uh, co-pilot and it's partially writing a function for him or helping him out with a, a specific method that he can't quite or solve her. him or her. Yeah. Sorry. Right totally now, right. Totally I, right for calling me out on that one. But nonetheless, it, this could very well help someone. You're contributing to the open source community in order to participate in your community. This could very well be an avenue to doing that exact thing. I could see that argument because honestly, using, using Copilot for something like that would be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Like, especially since you don't have to go to a post on Stack Overflow or even search Stack Overflow, but posting on Stack Overflow and just get like chastised for having incorrect grammar or something like that. You know, I don't want like to be a downer. Whole, the, whole, the whole Stack Overflow experience, not having to actually go through that would, would be kind of Anytime nice. Anytime you say you don't want to be a downer, you're about to be. I don't downer. want to be a downer. I think that as it stands, maybe this will be different in the future. The idea of learning to code with GitHub Copilot sounds like a fucking nightmare. I understand that I, I, I'm totally with like the reason that this has appeal is because it 
I mean, for me, at least, I mean, like I've, I've talked about this before. It's probably right now. It's probably writing 20% of the code that I write. And that makes me way faster. Uh, it makes me kind of think about things a little bit differently. But I also had the background of having a little bit of a, a basic understanding of the way that everything kind of works before then. And I, I know that the Stack Overflow shit can be annoying. And I know that most people, when they are writing code and they need code from Stack Overflow, they basically just find whatever the top answer is, copy and paste it, don't really think about it that much. But at the same time, with GitHub Copilot, because of the fact that they have to try their best to not have things come through verbatim and to try to obfuscate the original source of whatever that concept, that code came from, because it's just a, it's a text completion model in the same way that their, their other non-code models are. So it's just trying to take what's already there and complete it essentially based on context, based on how closely it mirrors other repositories that were doing similar things. Because of the fact that they're anxious and they have existing models built in to try to stop things from coming through verbatim, that means that trying to get into where that code came from, where those concepts came from, who solved for those things originally. Trying to work backwards to find those are almost impossible. With Stack Overflow, there's a good chance that the problem you're trying to solve, there's people that are discussing it. There's potentially conversations around what is or isn't the best way to do it. You have the ability to communicate with other developers directly about certain problems. And honestly, I still feel like that's a, that's a better way to start in any in software development in general and then also in any new language or any new. It, this is a good augmentation tool. I don't think that it is a necessarily a good learning tool, if that makes okay, sense. Okay, real quick note. This sure. is a perfect segue to the pull quote that I got, which is, um, this is one of the lawyers again answering a question. I forget the exact question, but you'll see it. You'll kind of figure it out from the context of this. So. We'd like to see them train their AI in a manner which respects the licenses and provides attribution. I've seen on chat boards out there that there might be ways for people who don't want that to opt out or opt in, but to throw up your hands and say, it's too hard, just let Microsoft do what they want is not a solution we're willing to, to live with. To that point, they should be able to pull the attribution. They should be able to actually credit whoever, wherever. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do that, I know. Because that I know. opens they, the door they, to, they, fuck you, pay me. Yeah, but to to your exact point, mm -hmm. like when you see, when you go to Stack Overflow and you can see the conversation, you can see who's credited and what have you, they should have the ability. This is a, a, a big brain operation that's combing through open source repositories and all those, all those attributions follow a very specific way of marking up the code in order to credit the, you know, the writers. They should be able to pull from that. I am not a, a, neuro, a neural networks expert. I'm not a deep learning expert. I play around in uh, like, what's that one thing called? What's the one that everyone who tells you that they work in AI, they just use that one library. That one oh, set of libraries. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not an expert in AI, in AI models. I don't work that close to the metal with AI shit. I usually just plug it into a service or whatever. And I... I understand a little bit, but the way that I know that they're full of shit, if they tell you that it's impossible to do some form of attribution mm -hmm. for a lot of the stuff to get the source on like where like all of the disparate things that kind of fed into this is because of the fact that they have a toggle that you can click on that will filter out verbatim copies. They have the ability to filter against whether that's through just like crawling the samples and filtering it at request time or whatever, they have the ability to match this the snippets, the samples that it's generating, at least to some extent currently today, they have the ability to match that to the original content. 
if even if it doesn't travel with that content like through the the black box they can do it after the fact yeah i agree it can and be built there's into no the excuse we know why they don't want to do it but there's no excuse for them not to do it and another point when you you said you're not at the stage of learning i would argue that you are still learning i mean i think all of us are no matter oh, everyone's how long. always learning. That's yeah, no matter how many years. I've never learned anything from Copilot is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, pulling samples, speeding up your code, there's probably some, maybe it's not the uh, the fresh learning of a new concept or a new uh, theory or what have you, but there's something happening there. It helps you. No, it there's helps some you, reason that like, you're not writing do it things by yourself. faster. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I, actually, I, said, I said that. I it, it makes me more efficient. It uh, It writes a lot of the code for me, but I wouldn't rely on it to be like your basis of knowledge basically okay yeah fair I, I actually i actually don't like copilot for the reason you do like it like, i don't want to be faster i can ar- th- like, i like I'm that just, argument as well i like that argument like, a lot like i i'm i'm tired of like us of like tech people constantly having to be faster and more efficient right more lines of code like, so elon musk yeah, doesn't write more you. lines of code just yeah it's just it's like you know because the thing is, is it's like at the end of the day, I don't care how fast you are, you're getting paid the same and, and they're just going to give you pile on more work. Oh, see, I, that's you can do this. That's not the reason I, do I, this, like, I wouldn't want to be faster. The reason I try to buck against that when I was heavier into coding was that I felt the faster that I went, the more, the less that I thought about the can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing. The less that it. That I yeah, there's, you know, the there's scope that of it too. like shrank into the specific yeah. method that I was writing rather than the, the whole. Yeah, there's that too. But I also I also feel that like it, you just you end up getting taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. as as an employee as an employee at a company, you know, it's like it doesn't need to be fast. No, it means it, so it, I'm, it, I'm, you end up stumbling into the production model of like let's how fast can you put the yeah. screw on the hole kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now I understand like certain things. Like it's always it's always good to like obviously you know get better and write stuff, but like just being faster for the sa- using Copilot for the sake of being faster just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, I didn't say you had to I, ship I, it I'm faster. Sorry, Drew, to, to, I, 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 I didn't I say I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying I just I know, you, and it's fine if you like that. I just don't like it. One more to bolster uh, Carl's point here. No one would argue that uh, you need to be faster at like painting a portrait, or you need to be faster at sculpting. Michelangelo's David, <laughs> you know, like yeah, but, but I, I always see code isn't, isn't making a business. I always see code as a, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I always see code well, as a is an art form. That's fine. I, I always no, see code as an art form and more of a create a creative outlet. I, I mean, I hate I I don't even like commoditizing it. I don't like code competitions. I don't like any sort of like degree of making it into something more than what I see it We're as. We're not disagreeing with each other. Form. We're just having two yeah. different conversations. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, the are. like the if the existence of a tool that lets you paint faster does not like signal the further commodification of painting or whatever. I there there is like there's two different things. There's like we're talking about what the current environment is and like what could be and like idealist versus not idealist. And a lot of code is written. I I think it is art. A lot of code that is written for like large companies to do evil shit. I don't, I don't really, I guess I base whether or not it's art on the intent and the outcomes than I do on the actual mechanical process. I get the same feeling. Like if I'm writing a song or I'm painting something, both of these pursuits I've done a lot or illustrating or drawing or what have you, I get the exact same feeling inside as 
I do when, when I'm coding something. We, but we feel it every day. Like we're not putting the drive for faster growth, more stuff. We're not putting it like back in the box. So as, as an individual developer, unfortunately you get with it or you get crushed. And further, just the fact that I'm able to do things faster. I mean, I, if you're not working at a company that's like watching, taking a screenshot of your computer every five minutes, and if you are uh, quit, but for me, it's less about time and more about the effort, the lift. Yeah. Yeah. So I, if you need to stop because you just don't remember exactly how to write a specific method and you're like, you know what, I can just do this or I can go to Stack Overflow. That actually is back to the whole point of me saying like, if I'm working too fast, I might lose the scope of things. If I can just cheat really quick and get that method in there, yeah, you know, just, whatever it is, for stubbing stuff some out, converter of, of like a data converter or some sort of randomizer, what have, what have things that are just like normal things the, that you just always biggest, forget, like, wh- how, how do you write that again? Then yeah, you you get right back into your flow. Yeah, I totally something that's been that. something that GitHub where it saved me the most time and the most effort is in that mundane bullshit, and it's mostly yeah. in like if you're working in like a, a in a repository that somebody didn't write in TypeScript for some reason, uh, it's extremely good at giving you kind of like a TypeScript feel because it has more contextual awareness of the shape of certain objects. Drew the, is starting the a war met- right now. The different methods yeah, and things with our listeners. Call. No, like. I would like like I've 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 converted many a repository from JavaScript to TypeScript. And with GitHub Copilot, it increases the speed and it's not speed for speed's sake. I don't necessarily want to have to like manually go through and map different items to different items constantly and have to re-remind myself of like what the shape of this thing or that thing is. And if you don't have like a strongly or statically typed language or something that compiles to compiles from that to a lesser language like JavaScript, then you're going to spend a lot of time like just bouncing back and forth between different files and shit. And that's super annoying. And Copilot has taken out a lot of that like annoying, dumb bullshit that you have to mm-hmm. do. But the it is, I think, overall a net negative just because of who's driving this thing, which is the evil mega corporation Microsoft. And I, I think that all of their motivations are completely insidious. And I think that ultimately, like I do, like I've always thought, this continued need for quarter over quarter profit growth, increased speed, I it's going to get us all killed. But, but the people that are actually creating this, the people who created Copilot, the people who created Visual Studio Code, I mean, those are just regular Joe developers just like us. I mean, yeah, to, no, to, I mean, of course. To like bubble this up to some giant conspiratorial thing, you know, that, that might be a little bit of a stretch in some ways. Yeah. It's not it, but it's, I, I don't think that they're all sitting around a table together being like, oh, yeah, no, we need. But I don't think that when Microsoft decided to invest billions and billions of dollars into this, that they didn't have a plan to recoup those costs. And I, I think that those recoupments come in reducing headcount. Yes, and that I, is probably you know, true. I, well, or the fact that they cannot get enough developers to fill roles. I mean, well, actually, they just laid, they just laid off a bunch of people. So I shouldn't yeah. say well, something that's also something in that's previous years, other... it has always been a struggle to get enough developers to fill roles. So let's try to synthesize this thing with this other thing, which is that GitHub itself is like the main platform for open source. And they recently have been rolling out this thing called GitHub sponsors, which is essentially a way to scan your your dependency tree for your project and shame you into contributing to those open source projects that you rely on every day. But I mean, GitHub is owned by by Microsoft. They are owned by Microsoft. So it's just this. And I actually think the sponsors program is kind of cool, like that that GitHub idea, because I do think that people working, I do think that open source should be a like a legitimate actual career path. Like it should be a more and it is for some people, but for a very small number of people that make money on open source. And generally, 
like open source stuff is awesome and especially for smaller developers for smaller teams like i i don't think any of us have any real problem with like sharing code with with one another but where it starts to get a little bit fucked up is when you have somebody who can barely afford rent who is essentially supporting the infra- like the underlying infrastructure for these multi-billion dollar companies like with their open source code yeah and so it's a relatively new industry anyways and we should find in the same way that the ai side of things needs to kind of mature and come into its own i do think that there should be serious conversation and i I think there should be serious conversations around what is open source for should it really be structured the way it is what should the relationship between capital and open source be like what should we demand it to be and if we don't have a solve for that then i think that it's going to be easy for everything to trend towards not just the open AI exploitation of open source, but the continued exploitation of open source that has already been occurring. Yeah. Actually, to that point, this is, it's going to sound like a digression, but it's actually straight, straight exactly um, in, in relevance to that point. My kid is super into Minecraft and he got me addicted to Minecraft. And my addiction to Minecraft, it expanded into actually watching YouTubers that play Minecraft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's a very popular SMP, uh, survival multiplayer um minecraft world it's like in its ninth season it's called hermitcraft somebody you guys might have heard of it maybe not nonetheless they run a server all these people that are on this server there's like 20 individuals most of them not all of them most of them are 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 millionaires because they're content creators on youtube platform and they make millions of dollars just playing minecraft no other games just minecraft their server is completely dependent because of the uh, the amount of players and the things that they're doing on specific mods so they're playing the java edition of minecraft on specific mods, sodium, mm. uh, f- the fabric mod loader, sodium, phosphor, lithium. You know, it just basically optimizes like the lighting engine or mob movements or what have you. None of these people that are contributing these mods into like CurseForge or wherever, GitHub in some instances, are making any money whatsoever. But Mojang, Mojang, whatever, they are completely not... They're codependent, I, I would say, codependent on this Hermitcraft and Mumbo Jumbo and Green and all these famous YouTubers. It's all this like ecosystem of money that crazy. Again, Microsoft owned, you know, because Mojang is owned by Microsoft. Minecraft is owned by Microsoft. Noticing a pattern. And it's just ridiculous. Here. It's like they would not be able to play this game with the efficiency without crazy lag. Could you imagine if there was like lag within, you know, these YouTube videos? It would make Minecraft look like a garbage game that no one would want to play because it's like you can't even do this or do this with you know more than five players or what have you completely dependent on these like these open source mod producers you know that are just giving this stuff away for free it's amazing just the the overall vibe of what is just unpaid labor being used Mm -hmm. to generate millions and millions billions of dollars it's i don't know how to like it is only this type of thing i mean these types of things have obviously unpaid labor has been used to do a lot of things But these types of things where it's done in this like voluntary way where it's ostensibly like, you know, just for fun that you're doing it, this willful seeding of the value of of that work and just completely handing it all. It's like it's like a um, exploitation of a passion project. Yeah. And and all these people are asking for is, well, they're not even asking. They're not directly asking, but they just hope for some kudos. They hope that Mumbo Jumbo Mm -hmm. or one of the giant YouTubers just mentions them. And, you know, it, yeah. and it does, it happens, you know, they, they do get mentioned, like there's one, this fresh animations, which is, uh, takes all your mobs and it transforms them into more like realistic animations. So zombies kind of walk like, like 
Walking mm-hmm. Dead zombies or what have you. Um, Makes it more interesting to look at. Yeah, it's really cool. I installed it. It was like, this is fantastic. Come, everything totally free. No one's asking for anything. Yeah. No one's really begging for anything. Given, you know, they're getting ad revenue. You know, they're probably getting yeah, some money. Yeah, but it, it money, pa- completely pales in comparison. You. Oh, yeah. It, 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 There's no the doubt revenue it pales in comparison. Possible. Yeah. One, but, well, for one, the YouTubers themselves, who are millionaires, because they're, you know, generating so much content and getting so many views... But then Mojang itself, you know, obviously Minecraft is by any measure is the most popular game in the world. I mean, we're talking billions yeah. of downloads. It's it's just amazingly and, popular. And the thing the thing with Minecraft as well is, is it's one of those games where, you know, no ma- like people buy it on multiple platforms and mm-hmm. they buy multiple versions, right? And because and because it's not one of those buy it once, play it on any of your devices, you have to pay twenty bucks every time you buy it, that game. You know, they're just making money hand over fist well that and they have the microtransactions within um the bedrock edition the marketplace yeah you go in and you buy the world my kid is all like i want this world i want this world so yeah i mean they're 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 making and and as far as those worlds are concerned are are those this are those mojang created or are those no those are those are content creators i was actually going to pursue i was actually going to ask you guys if you want to get into this game because uh Absolutely. I'm getting, we I'm talked getting about into some mob, episode, some, some texturing, some model building. Honest, honestly, <laughs> if you if you want to go where where it's at, where it's at right now is Roblox. Yeah, yeah, not, that is not a big Minecraft. One. Well, it's, okay, a big one. so it's weird because there's there's two competing worlds here. There's two competing visions, and it seems like a more equitable version of the world. Obviously, would be one of those two things, which is that either everyone is paid equitably for the work that they're putting into this overall project that's generating all this money, or there's no people at the top just for almost no reason, just collecting like an arbitrary distribution of the profits where the people that are doing a lot of the actual work have a lot of the actual knowledge and information and making these things possible that you're making way more, way, way, way more than them, sometimes hundreds, thousands of times more. For some reason, everyone's just okay with those two things coexisting in a way that is more consistent with everything else that already exists. And I, I mean, it's, it's, that's a question that answers itself. Why does that exist? Well, because that's how capital works, yeah, but that's, a, that's like, exactly what I was about to like yeah. this whole thing. So co-pilot HubSpot, th- this whole lawsuit and everything real quick for or against simple. Yes or no. Like for or against let's go. So me, I'm for it. Drew. I'm for the lawsuit. Yeah. I'm, no, 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 no. For co-pilot existing as it is without attribution or against it. Do not, do not put me in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason that I'm saying this is because I'm for it. But here's the thing. It pains me to say that, but I'm for it because it's, again, I don't respect copyright. I don't respect these things. But the reason it pains me is because it's Microsoft. If you took Microsoft out of the equation, then I would be 100% behind it with all of my being. You know, yeah. even yeah. even if if someone if some like wholesome company or somebody who is like grassroots created open AI and then integrated like via a plugin into code or another IDE or what have you and this exact thing existed and Microsoft had nothing to do with it and GitHub had nothing to do with it, I'd be like, Yeah, go for it. I think it's fine. I mean, obviously, if I have to pick one or the other, I mean I I've already picked because I, I pay for the thing. Like I, I'm using it. <laughs> And so selfishly, yeah, like I'm, I'm for it. And I think, but this is, this is consistent with a lot of problems where it's like, yeah, that's a really cool thing. And that kicks ass and that's awesome. I mean, look at delivery apps, look at uh, like Uber, or Lyft or any of these like things that are make it much more convenient to some individual people, but that ultimately the systemic effects 
will be potentially catastrophic. What about you, Carl? Uh, I'm for it for the way it is. Primarily because I just don't feel that anyone in the past 10 years or so has written an original piece of code. <laughs> that is a good, that, no, that's, no, that's my that's, copyright that's, argument. That's my copyright I, argument. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm dead serious. Like there's not, there's not one person that has written an original piece of code in a long time. Like everything is borrowed. Everything I did is, yesterday is, yeah, I know you didn't. Everything, everything <laughs> is borrowed from something else. Like, and, and, and you can claim that like, oh no, I wrote this by myself. It's like, yeah, but like, where did that knowledge come from? It came from writing something that someone else wrote before. Yeah. It's kind of like trying it. to, it's trying to, it's kind of like trying to copyright math. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like, it's really, it's really difficult. Like, you, there's like, sure, you might have put these pieces together in like a certain way. And now that's your product. But the code itself, you did not. You did not write it. So my, my caveats you know, like, are. It's not um, original. A long-term solution here needs to account for obviously paying people equitably for what they work for. I don't think that's going to happen. It needs to. Elimination uh, of capitalism. The elimination of capitalism, <laughs> the uh, worker, the distrib- the redistribution of all wealth into the hands of the workers. If, yeah, if we can do that, then I have no qualms with it, which is, which is, by the way, uh, Isaac made this point to me when we were talking about the GitHub con- sponsors program. He's like, oh yeah, like this is. This is cool, but I have a better idea. And it's called communism. <laughs> where, that's like, the point. That's that's s- what I was getting yeah. in a roundabout way. That that's what I was getting to. It's like the problems that we have with this aren't the lack of attribution. It's capitalism. It's the fact that no, it, I, know, it's I completely cap- agree. It's, with you. The, I, it's, it's, just, it's the capital at the end. It's it's, it's, the, it's to, the ex- they're exploiting people's labor. Is but we what can't they're just doing. throw like we we should still have this. Even though we can't throw all of these, we should still try to make try to get wins where we can. Right. Yeah. I think and, I think they can. So attribute. I, like, I, I think they should be able to pull attribution yeah. for this model. I, there's no reason. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I'm curious. I'm curious about that because, like, if you if you say you want a certain type of method or whatever, and you know you don't want it to be um, verbatim, right? But it's still it's still modeled that off of like what ten thousand different pieces. Yeah, that's a distinction without a difference. I, I'm not concerned about that as much. I, I'm just concerned that people like. Yeah, but how do you attribute it to to like? You know what I'm saying? Like like fifty thousand yeah. people have written that that piece of code. Like how do you how attribute it? Person, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, it, that you point can't. You, right. Well, well, there, there, like, and 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 not even and not even just one person, but just one license. This lawsuit yeah. claims, if you read the articles, this lawsuit claims that they're not doing it. that. That they're actually pulling things that people are recognizing as their own. Well, that's and that's. Well, I mean, no, that's, I'm saying, but I'm saying if they if they pull stuff that isn't verbatim, like yeah, I know, I, I, I know that they, well, they, they, I know that they pull verbatim stuff, and that's different because yes, you can attribute it yeah. to one user, but then that goes back to my first well, argument. Even like of, he's getting, they they didn't shit. write that. They, that's not original yeah, code yeah, anyway. It goes back to your first argument, but at the same time, in an idealistic world, they would pull sure. from fifty thousand and they would combine it, and it would be some sort of amalgamation of everything, but. Yeah, the truth of the and matter is no way of at least attributing according it to, to these lawyers. The truth of the matter is that they're literally you could you, Carl can see. Oh, that's mine. I yeah. totally see like this weird thing that I, or the variable that I named a certain weird yeah. way or whatever I, it is. Yeah, so. I do the double underscores to denote that it's super private. <laughs> By the way, I do triple. Anybody, <laughs> so it's super super private. That's we, an inside joke, right there. <laughs> we definitely have people listening that are more in favor of like Web three and cryptocurrency um than than we are and they're probably screaming because they're the solution that they would have to any of this is oh you know you just put this shit on the attribution on the blockchain and then yeah, anywhere it's used you know you, you just put it on the blockchain yeah, and then anywhere it's blockchain. used but it's like that's just a like a logistics 
thing. Like that doesn't the, the problem that this 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 is not a logistics problem. This is not a technical problem. This is like that. This mm-hmm. is Here's a the thing. Uh, Anytime any, any of the crypto or, or or people that are saying just put stuff on the blockchain, I say just how much are your NFTs worth, bro? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I like, mean, I'm, like, I'm not listening a, to you. And that's a very similar <laughs> thing with like I don't know. I think there's also but you're listening to us. There's some use cases uh, for that shit. It's very selective. I don't I don't see it reaching any type of like useful maturity anytime soon. That there's not an existing solve for, or that just doesn't add an, an extra layer of just things that doesn't need to be there. All right, yeah. we we had a perfect segue like uh, about thirty minutes ago to Elon Musk, but we blasted right past it. So, oh, I was gonna say, I know we talked last time about how we're talking too much about Elon Musk, but it's there's too much going I, on. I, we we need to talk. I mean, there's this is there's the biggest, way too much going on. This is the biggest thing that is happening in tech right now. It's, it's actually really yeah. nuts. Like it's it's pretty incredible. It's it's, it's like it's hour so by hour. Crazy. It's it's the most craziest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's deals being had. Uh, between Elon and uh, Stephen King, there's there's so many Elon Musk's on Twitter, or there was for a moment, brief moment in time. Yeah, I just want to uh, like the three that, the three articles we have <laughs> we have listed right now. So we have a Twitter engineer says that this is how uh, Twitter will break in the f- next coming weeks. A CNBC article that says uh, Musk reportedly considers locking all of Twitter behind a paywall. And then a Verge article with Elon Musk's Twitter user growth is at an all-time high, though advertisers are completely leaving the platform. So it's that those are three articles just today. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that the user growth thing is bots. Yeah, it's bullshit. Um, but also, uh, there's so much random shit that's happening. Like I, like, I would hate to be a dev over there right now. They've done that whole, like, uh, okay, you got to ban all these people because they're, they're pretending to be me. And it's like, all right, all right, uh, you know, we're, we're allowed everybody to get the blue check mark, but um, now they're impersonating me. So, uh, oh, oh, now they can't they can't change their handle if if they have a blue check mark. Put that out, put that out. And it's like hours, and then like now there's people with just weird ass names that can't change their their name. And then it's like, oh, okay, we'll let you change your name again. And then it's like, oh, you know what? The, now everybody has blue check marks. We we don't know who's real. Uh, and and so or the um, thing that. Drew so just posted, which the, is like let's do the official, the official tag. Now we're gonna do the official tag on top of it, so we got two yeah. check marks. Yeah, yeah, we got the check mark and the official label. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? I, the fuck is wrong I, with you? It's so hard for me to be reserved about how excited I am about the second, <laughs> the second, the super blue check. The thing yeah, it's but he, it's just a it's a yeah. label though. Like like the th- the thing that was really cool about about the blue check mark, right? Is it was very very easy right like you see a profile you see that blue check mark and you're just like okay this is a reputable probably a reputable source right but now it's like it's it's like a fucking label like and i think that that it's in there more in their profile like so if you click on it you can kind of see like it's almost like a tag like in a tag Mm -hmm. cloud you know like you can kind of see it there i don't know if like you can see that at a glance in a feed it's a super you know without clicking on the name but that's I don't. But that's saying. the thing. Like I don't think. Well I don't like think you can actually see the... it, though. Right. Maybe. You can't maybe. No. Well, they, they, they haven't created it yet because they're. You know, the developers yeah. are working like eighty-four hour weeks. So they have. Whatever just the implementation. Why has everyone not just quit yet? <laughs> I think they I don't are. Care. It's just taking them a while. No. No, but like seriously, like the the second that like if someone came into PetSmart right now and they're just like, you know, we're laying off seventy-five percent of the labor force today, I'd be like, you just lost a hundred percent. Because like I mean, people need to leave. Like, Who's, fuck it. Like, what's was the point? It the, the the article? I think it was the uh, yeah, it was the article that I I read, uh, which is the MIT article. 
that mm-hmm. they had a hundred support engineers that would take phone calls in different um, uh, languages and what have you. They're down to two. They fired ninety-eight of them. That's they're down to two, so and the the two cool. that they kept are English speakers. So they're just totally. It's like a clusterfuck. They they can't they talk to anyone fired. else. This is a global platform. Like, yeah, what are they you fired. Doing? There's a four hundred and fifty million users, and they're like support this staff at two proves, is probably going to be fine. This just proves <laughs> that he has no idea what he's doing, no, he and doesn't. he had and he had he had no idea. Like he had no clue. No, got, got, I think what is it? it Drew, was, you got to Sean. Yeah, you got to read the Sean. You read, read the Sean thing. I will read the Sean tweet. Uh, the Sean thread. I got to find it. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, it's so we're not. This excellent. is this is something that people have been talking about um, for a while. The, the thing, what's what's happening right now, is the disconnect between what Elon Musk and how a lot of people. This is just this is a common thing in like reactionary circles. This complete misread of why things are the way that they are, which is the assumption that. It's the woke elites that are driving these decisions for basically like arbitrary ideological reasons. But in reality, things are just moving in the way that capital demands. Right. And so Elon Mm. Musk gets in there and he's going to he starts like fucking with shit. And then he immediately has to backtrack and like redo things because of the fact that they were doing them for for money. They were the reasons they were doing all the things they were doing was for money. Like there was different obfuscations for that. But at the end of the day, they were doing it because they had it had some sort of strategic money vision at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so he has to like read. He has to make the blue check again. He has to do it again. And it's worse and shittier. It's worse and shittier. But yeah, it's it does the same thing. It's just fucking. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for the, I found I found the Sean tweet. I can, I can yeah, you should it. read it because I've been talking too much. <laughs> yeah. Credit goes to Sean, says, YouTuber Sean. Sean Vids. A-U-N. Yep. Yep. At Sean Vids. Uh Musk's basic problem is that Twitter was not being run by lefty SJW types suppressing free speech. It was being run by business people who are trying to make money. With the same aim, he'll end up trial and erroring his way back to their exact policies. A series of, oh, so that's why they were doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the actual process would involve a lot more whining and pretending the new policy is different to the old policy, of course. But this is in spirit. And it's happening in real time much quicker than I expected. It really did. Yeah, there it's it is. Like this this is over the course of a, of today, honestly. Yeah, right. Like we like... you posted that at eight twenty seven this morning. <laughs> and he and and like like by the end of the day, it's come true. He's like Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like you can any, Sean, anybody you need to clock... change your name to Nostradamus or Nostra Sean. He put it in like the most succinct way possible, but it's it is like to anyone who actually has a basic understanding of how any of these things work, you you could clock that shit from a mile away. Like you yeah. go in, he fires people based on the number of lines of code they've written in the last quarter or whatever. <laughs> like that's that's how he measures the productivity of a developer. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really lines good. of code. Sometimes the most productive thing a developer can do is delete thousands Definitely. of lines of code. Definitely, like, the like people, writing the most. <laughs> Lines of, sometimes, yeah, you like that. That is the evidence of like a prolific developer who's like really on top of it, doing a ton of shit, probably working more than they should. But a lot of times, that's a developer who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, uh, yeah. like the the the, the saying uh, <clears throat> "fail faster," you know, which is really yeah. popular in the extreme programming uh, circles and what have you. Like the the point is that you write things and then you you test them and then you write things, you know, test driven development, pair programming, all that stuff. You write mm-hmm. it, you fail, you write it, you fail until you succeed. It's like yeah, the lines of code are not going to accumulate 
when it comes to that, like efficiency, you know, what have you. They're also, they, they're shipping a bunch of stuff and Elon is like, oh yeah, no, check out these really cool new features we're doing. And what's actually, what that actually is, is they had a bunch of shit in the pipeline that was like in testing or like still need a lot of work done. He's just forcing people to push it out as fast as possible, which to a certain extent, like that's just different philosophies. We kind of touched on mm-hmm. that a, a little bit earlier. Like, you know, should you just put out a bunch of stuff and see if it works or whatever? Or should you do things in a very like strategic, precise and uh, meaningful, intentional way? Or mm-hmm. should you do things and just kind of experiment? I would argue with somebody like Twitter, with somebody who is like one of the biggest social media platforms, hundreds of millions of, of users, uh, I would I would definitely argue for doing things, playing things a little bit more cautiously, uh, playing things a little bit yeah, safer. Especially when they're already losing money, you know, yeah. they're not making money. Yeah. And then did you see um, today, this is more Elon Musk than, than Twitter specifically. It, it was uh, yesterday. So on... Uh, on the 7th of November, uh, to independent-minded voters, shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. <laughs> He's just a dumbass. Yeah, it's just a dumbass. It's like, well, okay, yeah, so this is good. The status quo is good, clearly, because I have hundreds of billions of dollars. Things are going very mm-hmm. well. So we should clearly do gridlock on purpose. Did you see yeah, the math? Exactly on that on his money like so i i don't know if you were on the call today drew but um so elon elon used his you know his shares in tesla or whatever to buy twitter right Mm -hmm. so he he has this massive debt which now becomes twitter's debt because that's how capitalism works and he so twitter is losing a million dollars a day and he wants to save three million in infrastructure and whatever but like anyway he's losing a million dollars a day with his wealth that will take fifty thousand days before I, he yeah he but i don't know dollars. i i don't actually think i don't actually think he has that much money like i think well, i think it would i mean he's, he's obviously liquid. money yeah. well he's extremely wealthy and powerful i'm just saying the point that i'm making is that it is kind of a house of cards like his whole thing i don't obviously he'll never like actually face any real consequences for anything nothing ever works out that fair but i don't know we might get to see him like have to sell the company at a loss which would be awesome yeah but then he'll just buy another one he'll just buy mastodon everybody's moving to mastodon oh that's an that's another point about because mastodon has also been seeing a, a big uh spike in user growth and i think a lot of other alternatives to twitter have as well so it's interesting to see the article about twitter also experiencing an influx of users allegedly because yeah, like, how exactly. would you account for that the, you can't because well some people i do think that there's like that idea of like there's maybe a lot of people leaving the platform but they're probably not deleting their accounts most of them like outright uh so mm-hmm. that might not show up in the metrics in the same way but it's true then you have that that thing where it's like oh everybody wants to come watch this shit be lit on fire and and, and yeah, then i also think point. there's some there's some like of the elon musk fanboys some of the conservative people who have basically been like oh well you know i left twitter originally because it was like too woke or whatever now it's you know it's back on track to whatever is in my head we fill in the blank yep so maybe maybe that's why the the paywall thing is awesome too. I think that'd be cool. I think if, I think there should be like eight different tiers of check of check mark, and <laughs> yes. it should just like they should just add additional checks in the little bubble. You've got you've got yeah. Instead of the blue one, you basically have like bronze, silver, and gold. Yes, that's right? good. I like this. Yeah, like just different lovers. shades of blue. You know, mm-hmm. fuck uh, yeah. colorblind people. Yeah, yeah, screw them. Or we could go like the Christian route, right? Which is what was that? Uh, gold frankincense and myrrh you should be able to get like a golden cross the highest the highest one would be myrrh right going going back to the super blue check thing that's uh, there's so many official label i i can't yeah i can't get over that i'm calling it the super blue check because that's functionally what it is 
It is. Yeah, sure. You're, you're, you're saying like, I, I just can't get over how good this is because you're saying, okay, yes, there is a need to have some sort of non like technical, non uh, self-service way to identify people to be who they actually are, which is the original purpose of the blue check. So you're saying, yes, that was correct. This other thing though, you can still buy. Why would you want to buy a blue check now? Like if that that's going to be like the official the blue, check, the blue check comes with other stuff is replacing. Yeah, you get 50 percent of the ads, but they're also more relevant. Uh, you what get the fuck does uh, that promoted. mean? No, that's bullshit. That doesn't you, make your, you your tweets this, show this up. This is what they're this yep. is what they're saying. No, there you get you, you get promoted. You mm-hmm. get promoted tweets. So mm-hmm. you'll you know, and stuff like that. There's there's other stuff. It's it's still like bullshit. It's a scam, but yeah. they're. But there's that more relevant that thing specifically. Like, I really want them to elaborate on what the fuck that means, it, because if they have the it's ability a, it's to already make, using your data, yeah. If they have the ability to make ads more relevant to their users, it's only in their best interest to do that for everyone. Why? Why would you make something intentionally less relevant to a user to get them to pay eight dollars? That's stupid. That's dumb. That's not because a because you can doing. cover better That's bullshit. as an That's advertiser. You, it, sometimes it's it's tough to actually spend the budget. You know, so no, you can I just that. advertise to everyone. You know, so it's. But yeah. that's up to. The, but that's not a platform. That's not the decision the platform is making. Sure, it is. What do you mean? Like, how? Who the, it's? Oh, who it's giving the the general things to versus who it's giving the targeted things to? Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna spend your budget rather than actually spend your budget with some sort of algorithmic, really deep thinking. But how does that connect to the end user? Like oh, that? The, and, bu- yeah, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't. It's bullshit. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, so, like, the, like they're separating them into like a targeted pool and a general pool based on the blue check. Like that's no. Stupid. It's that's it's a targeted sense. pool and a more targeted pool, like a better targeted. <laughs> that doesn't make pool. sense. No, I'm that's. No, I know, but that's what it, that's what he said. But that's because he doesn't know how it works. I, I looked at the release notes in the App Store for uh, the 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 Twitter app, like the the latest update. It's so clear that they fired all their copywriters. It all it reads as though like Elon Musk himself personally wrote it because it has that oh, same totally kind did. of like that like edge lord like kind of thing, like a little bit like it's getting into that the same type of rhetoric that or like language the you know the alternative social platforms using you know, power to the people. Thank you for supporting us against in our fight against the bots. Just all this this shit like making it this like weird like trying to like over romanticize this tech platform basically, and uh, it's just it's fascinating. It's it's I love it. Does he think this is the last human city? He thinks it's this is the city of Zion. No, this is the point that I made. That, that I made um, from, from invading at our our PetSmart meeting. The Greek gods, you know, that we used to the the, the Greeks used to worship, as far as like Zeus and, and what have you, like moving the the chess pieces. That is Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, yeah, and Bill Gates. They are our Greek gods. We are just subjects. We we are just pawns that they are moving across. You know, the chessboard, which is theirs. That they, they, they control us. That this is. We're just susceptible to whatever yep. they want. Their wills, their needs, yep. it doesn't matter. Yeah. The messaging comes from them. Yeah. They own the platform. I think, They're controlling I think society. It's so, the upside of this is that if you had any illusions that the people that are actually like in power making these decisions are geniuses, I, if you if you look at this particular situation with like a, any with any level of objectivity, you I do not think that you could hold on to that belief system sure sure no they don't look at it with it the, the people that like are still you know holding on to him like the objectivity not is objectively obviously. objectivity right, is the... subjective okay <laughs> <laughs> sure i feel like if you took elon musk and you put him in like a reg like a regular role job you know even in the same industry he'd be fired within a week i've been oh, asking yeah. him to uh 
write me a hello world program in the language of his choice, like on on camera. Like I he, like I. You guys remember when you hired me at PetSmart and you made me write a pig Latin generator? Of course. Yep. I would love Never to forget. do a game show, or I would love to see somebody ambush him at an interview, and is like, I actually have a laptop right here, and uh, I would I would like. <laughs> I have two laptops. Like just I have a Mac and a PC. Your choice. Your choice. Really. Like whatever language. Like it. Just make something. Whatever make IDE. Anything. It's like, or in make the console. Whatever you want. Whatever make you something want to do. that does yeah. something. Make yeah, something do that does console. something. Yeah. You have two hours. Do it live. Do it live. Here's the thing. If you don't open, if you don't open Vim, you're you're fired. <laughs> Fuck. I, I'd be fired. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm not I'd a real one. I, think we, should, I, don't I think we should wrap it up. We're we're already over time. We can we can cover well, the we next subject next week. We can get yeah, that's hmm? evergreen. That's evergreen. What is what? Oh, the, the next, next subject's week, evergreen. Lab, lab grown blood next week is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, lab see grown blood is next week. I do have some very it's, important thoughts on that, but it's morbid time next week. Episode nine. Watch this drive. We'll be back. We will be back. Probably. But for now, we have a website. <laughs> that was a knowledge fight. Knowledge fight ending right there. If you haven't listened to knowledge fight, you should go. No free, no, no, no Don't free ads. No free ads. <laughs> All right, man. No, you guys have a good I night. Said, I, Bye. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.